This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. Here, coming at you after the Patriots dropped to zero and two, they fell to the Dolphins at home, twenty-four to seventeen. You know, an up and down game, but it really resembled a lot of what we saw against Philadelphia, where the Patriots went down early, kind of dug themselves into a hole, some early turnovers, mistakes, came back late, but it ultimately just was not enough. Kev. Some thoughts on this game before we get into any other news. It sucks because I thought the defense played so well. I mean, when you hold Tyree Kill to 40 yards, even though he had that touchdown, like Christian Gonzalez had one hell of a game. And taking Demario Douglas out of that football game after that fumble cost that offense a lot because you were not moving the ball whatsoever. The offensive line absolutely sucked. Um, I'm still not – I'm still on the Mac hype train that – it's not him. That offensive line got to get better. You got to get the run game going. You need to get healthy on that line. So it was a tough game because it's not like you're getting blown out. And they still, as an zero and two team, I still think they're like a good football team. So like we really need a W coming up, man. Like next this Sunday versus the Jets, we we just gonna get a W on that board for me to feel better about this team. I think for all for Pats fans, obviously. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, especially when you look at Dallas coming up on the horizon for week four, um, they suffered some bad injury luck themselves today. Uh, Trayvon Diggs towards ACL. He's going to be out for the season. So miss that matchup, of course. But I wouldn't say that is necessarily a player who could completely swing that game in the Patriots favor. Um, you'd imagine it would you know, maybe help them. But I don't think Trayvon Diggs necessarily changes that. If you lose this week to the Jets, you're probably going to go 0-4. And if we start 0-4, I mean, where's this team going to go from there? Because playoffs now become a long shot already in October. Um, and you can really lose a team quickly. And I, I would definitely trust Bill Belichick more than a lot of coaches to keep a team together and kind of like fight through that. But with the recent seasons the Patriots have had, I mean – not having this huge background of success and like a winning culture as kind of like a backbone for your team in those instances could really hurt them. Here's the thing though, right? Is when we looked at the schedule before the season started, we, everyone said, it's not even just us. And it's just like, it's like the, the Patriots beat reporters, right? You got to go one in three in the first four. And it was like, where is that game? And it was, you know, someone said the Eagles because the Eagles, whatever, they didn't play in the preseason and that's something to watch. And then it was the Jets. It was like, you always beat the Jets. So it's like, this game has always been circled as the one. Before the season started, we didn't know how we were going to come out against Philly. We didn't know how we were going to play against Miami. And, you know, the Eagles represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. Miami has the best offense in the NFL right now, fair to say. Two of 466, week one, 250 against us. Um, they're, you know, they're two and oh for a reason. So, I mean, and you kept it close, like you were in both those games. So it's like, I'm not on that panic button yet, but this is the season, right? Fair to say week three versus the Jets. If you lose this game, season's over, fair to say, but it's like, it's crazy that like the panic is already there, even though we looked at the schedule before and we were like, you just got to get one out of the first three. And then it's a little bit easier the rest of the way. I think the the other aspect of it, too, is 
just this problem rearing its head once again, which I don't know how much I talked about it on the pod last week, but I know that just in watching the game before I was like talking to friends and I was saying how I just really hope, uh, you know, if we lose this game, things get really tough because we are a team that we're going to play a lot of teams who on paper on our schedule are better than us and that most NFL, NFL fans uh, would pick to beat us. But in those instances, we know that we can play up to those teams' level and give them more competitive games than people might expect. That's only good for so much if you just keep losing those games. Like we saw last year where it was like, oh, you think Cincinnati's going to come in and blow us out? We come back, we're on the one-yard line, you know, we almost win, whatever. Uh, you know, the Tampa Bay game from Max rookie year, just like random ones off the top of my head, but it just feels like we lose so many of them every year. And for a team that's trying to make the playoffs now, early in the season, you've already lost two of those games where you were right there and you had yourself in the position to win. We're at a point where if we want to make the playoffs, we're going to have to be near perfect in those situations the rest of the season. And that isn't really something I see this team doing. I mean, we've had, it sucks because we talked about it obviously last week with the Eagles, Boutte couldn't get that foot down. And then, Last week, you have that throw to Mike Giusecki that was off by just, like, I think you need to get rid of that ball, like, 0.5 seconds earlier. And well, Giusecki yeah, I mean, there's, guy... so, there's so many things about that play that were so tough. Because I even think Giusecki, once he caught it, I think if he kept running to the sideline and tried to, like, hit the corner and, like, stretch for the first down, I think he had it if he didn't he's cut just, back. He's just not a guy that makes um, yards after a catch, which is really tough. And, like, I honestly thought that lateral was cool strange on the first down. Like, I don't even know how they were able to overcall that. But I, I don't get how you overturn that and you don't give us the Ramondre spot earlier in the game. I don't know how we don't get either of those calls because they were, yeah. like, the same thing and they both looked like they were going to go our way and then kind of inexplicably didn't. Yeah, I, it's just – it's honestly weird. It's been a weird start. The good thing is that this team's competitive. I think one thing that's very obvious and I hate – like, I just – keep hating to make these obvious comments it's like when you go down early in football games like that's what what the problem is like they the offense got to get scoring in the first quarter like that's got to be the case and like i really and i think that a lot has to play with demario douglas getting taken out i mean he's a shifty guy and he clearly right now is your best offensive player because ramondre can't get the ball because the offensive line has sucked Juju, I don't think it doesn't go do, that far. I do like you talk about shifting, making plays. Like I like obviously Kendrick Bourne's great. Don't get me wrong, but like I would say, guy Bourne, make I'd take Bourne or Henry for a guy to make a play though. It's it's been Douglas like that play that he fumbled on and like the first catch that he made. I don't know. It's just a guy that you can't take out in that situation. I get that he's a rookie, but it's like it's just tough. I don't know, man. It's just I, – I won't give up on this team. Like, if they – if you give me Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Mike Onwenu, and I don't think Calvin Anderson is going to be the right tackle after what we saw last week, it's probably going to be, like, the Darian Lowe at this point because he didn't do that bad at left tackle. Um, if you give me those five guys, especially the four, because the right tackle has been a question mark, right? And they lose, and they have a bad game, whatever. Then I'm, con- I, I have no more excuses, and that's like the last excuse that we have, which we knew in the beginning of the season. And it's like we haven't seen that group together. Trent got that two million dollar incentive, basically to say we need you to buy in. Like this is important to see what we can do. 
And if that we have those four guys in and we struggle and we lose, then I have no more excuses for it, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Um, that's really been the big excuse where we looked at the first game and we said we have no guards, we're not going to be able to run. We looked at the second game and we said we have no tackles, Mac is going to be running for his life. So I understand that aspect of it. Um, probably not going to have a fully healthy offensive line this week just because that right tackle is still kind of up in the air with Riley Reef out. Um, and other guys are banged up. But... I'm not even including that one, man. I just need those four. I don't care about yeah. that right tackle. Just give me those I just four need some guys. stability. I just give need us those... to find whoever our guy is going to be. Because it can be both... someone on this roster right now. That's fine. Just I want us to definitively find guys, the best dude. of them. Just give me those four guys, dude, because Cole Strange had a terrible game, and they kind of worked on when they win, and Mafi did not do that bad at right guard. Mafi's good. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Cole Strange had a terrible game, and I get it's week one, like, basically it's this preseason, man, but, like, some of those blocks, like, when you watch, like, the sky, Kim, of the film, oh, man, he just let guys go right in. That's what are you doing. And Calvin Anderson had no idea he had what bad, he was doing, He had a really bro. bad one for a sack on Mac, Cole and, Strange. And you can't just didn't do, pick you, up anybody. You can't do an RPO right now. You can't run the ball. So it's like you're putting like too much on the quarterback, and the quarterback's done a hell of a job, in my opinion. Minus that one stupid throw that gave me PTSD when you're throwing Devontae Parker on the sidelines when Xavier Howard's just covered all over him. Like and I don't understand. So underthrown I, 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 inside. I, but even like Parker's like out of bounds, like stupid throw, right? But other than that, he's getting the ball out so fast, and he's like he's leading guys in the throws. He like made a lot of plays outside the pocket, which. Probably when you saw it, you were like, holy shit, like this guy is – like I would not expect Mac Jones to run out of the pocket and make plays like that. Like that – what was it? After the um, Gonzalez pick when we were backed up in our end zone, it was like third and 11, third and 15, and he ran outside the pocket, and he had Giuseppe on that deep ball that was probably like 40 yards, and he like missed Giuseppe by a hair. Like he was making throws outside that pocket that was like – it's not it's not on the quarterback, and it sucks because it's like – I, I feel bad for Mac, honestly, right now because of no, the two I, losses. I agree that Mac looked uh, – he looked pretty good. Um, but you said it there. RPO didn't work, couldn't run the ball. They haven't even done an RPO, bro. They haven't even tried it. They couldn't. Yeah, we, been, don't the, in, we don't have yeah, the – we don't have been blocking for it. Yeah, you're done the entire – the first exactly. two weeks. You're done so I was going to say, time. with those things in mind, what do we have to do to get some more no huddle before it's already the end of the game when we're going to lose? <laughs> Yeah, this is – it's honestly been a tough two weeks, but it's it's the first two weeks that we looked at the schedule. Like, obviously, like, we both took the Pats on the sheet. We're diehard Pats fans. Like, it wasn't a game that we were – we're betting on the Pats money line. It's a game that, like, we see our strengths against their, like, their weakness. You know what I mean? So, it's like we weren't surprised to see a loss there. But it's like now this is a big week, and it's Zach Wilson. So – you're going to have a quick turnaround. I think you get a W here. You play the Cowboys pretty good. I think that the momentum for this team will slowly switch. Would you have that, like, not that bad of a stretch for weeks five through, I want to say, at least eight? Or even more than that. I think it's, like, week ten that you have a solid stretch in there yeah. to rack up some wins. So, I mean, I'm not down on this team yet. Just get Trent Brown on the field. Get Paul Strange back to form on Wenu. Get him to play in 100 snaps and David Andrews to get as healthy as he possibly can. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree there. Got to get healthier. Um, and unfortunately, 
the opposite has just sort of happened um, a little bit before we started recording this. Marcus Jones got placed on IR, hurt his shoulder in that game against the Dolphins, had to come out, um, which that in itself had a huge impact on the game. It was Christian Gonzalez out there with Sean Wade and Miles Bryant to close that one out. So, I mean, that was just a tough look all around. But Marcus Jones, unfortunately, has torn his labrum. He has been placed on IR. He will miss four weeks minimum, but uh, torn labrum, you can assume. It's going to probably be longer than that, but you wouldn't expect it to necessarily end his season. Kev, how big of an impact is this going to have on the Pats secondary? Um, this is an immediate, probably Jalen Mills goes right back on the corner, right? And this is like and why we brought him back. In the slot. Yeah, this is kind of one of those situations. And we know that Jack Jones is going to be back in two weeks. Um, and I don't think that Jack Jones actually hurt his hamstring. I think that he just got suspended by the team, so he didn't get suspended by the league. I think that's what happened because I don't know if you saw a video um, of Jack Jones like playing basketball and like just like chilling. Yeah, he so he right. seems yeah, he seems per- he seems perfectly fine. So I'm not worried for when he comes back in week four. Um, and I don't even think this Marcus Jones injury is going to impact this week anyways because it's going to be a run fest. Um, but I think honestly it impacts you on your punt return more. Um, and like kick returns and all of that. I mean, we love Marcus. I think Marcus hopefully will be back. I want to say by like week, you got to think of guess right by like week twelve. You would yeah. say like eight weeks to heal that labrum. Jalen Mills, hopefully he stays healthy. You get Jack Jones back, and it's not like a complete loss because we were going in thinking that um, we we're going to not have Jack Jones for some portion of the season, anyways, with the suspension looming in the beginning. I mean, and Miles Bryant has not played that bad. So, and so it's, it's tough because you love Marcus, but I think they'll be all right for that secondary standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you said there about it's not ideal with what we saw from him last year, but Jalen Mills is probably going to have to slot in as that CB2, this time probably opposite Gonzalez. It is what it is. Put him out there for two games. I think he'll be able to get through it better than Miles Bryant or Sean Wade could. You just got to hope nobody else goes down. As for the punt return stuff, yeah, I completely agree. Um, Marcus Jones is a guy who, and it sounds weird because I know he hasn't done anything crazy this season, but uh, I don't know about you. I found myself week one and week two, like when our offense really been struggling, every time the team punts and I see Marcus Jones back there, I get a little bit of hope and a little feeling that he might run this back for a touchdown or he might set us up in the red zone or whatever. And that isn't something that I think I've consistently had with a return man for the Patriots. Definitely not in the last few years. So having him back there was nice and you know reassuring. So losing that definitely sucks. But I think we have enough guys that can do the job that we should be able to find a suitable replacement. Obviously, you don't want Miles Bryant back there with what we saw last <laughs> year. You could give Demario Douglas a shot. I think it's going to be Douglas. Super shifty. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be him. Um, but then also, you know, Boutte would be another option. Ty Montgomery's been taking kicks. Couple, there's plenty of guys out there. I don't think it's going to like hurt us in a big way because I think we should be able to find someone who's good enough, but we're not going to have that really dangerous guy back there that I was excited about. I agree. And um, I just got to mention this because we are in that secondary thing, man. How about Christian Gonzalez? Uh, I tremendous, tremendous game versus Tyreek Hill once Marcus Jones officially went out. And he had a week one match against A.J. Brown, held his own, 
and held his own completely against Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill ended up giving him a shutout on his podcast, saying that, like, you basically just, you know, there's no excuses. We didn't do anything that was different. And I loved on that interception, too, that Jabril Peppers, and Jabril Peppers is clearly that Devin McCourty replacement, 110%. You could tell, like, he's that voice of that defense, even though, you know, you, I think, that Dolphins game is where you kind of missed McCordy a little bit because they were running all over us. And I don't think that we were making the correct switches at that time, but Peppers didn't make that one good call when he actually lined up. I don't even know if you saw this, but you probably did when Peppers actually switched with Gonzalez and lined up like man on man against Hill and let Gonzalez be the safety. So two had thought that he had an open shot and that's how Gonzalez actually got that pick. So, I mean, Gonzalez is all over the place, man. I'm excited that we have him. He's going to be a lockdown for years to come. And I think that's huge because you're going to need him this Sunday. You're going to need him, obviously, every week that you play. He's going to go up against the ones now. Obviously, he should. I feel like he should line up everywhere else because if you don't have Marcus Jones, at least you just have Gonzalez line up against the one. you got Jones in the slot, so it'll make it a little bit easier for you can honestly at this point, right, leave Gonzalez on an island. I would say so. I mean, right, like, I look at – we're only two games into the year, but I look at Christian Gonzalez and I see a guy who could potentially be, you know, that new like Stephon Gilmore for our defense where for years and years we were able to come into a team, look at an offense and go, okay, Jets, we're going to New York to play the Jets. They're pretty good. Who's their best receiver? Garrett Wilson? Cool. We'll put Stephon Gilmore on him and he won't do anything all day. So that's what I'm hoping that we could start to do with Gonzalez – you know, maybe we'll put him one on one with Garrett Wilson uh, all this week. Maybe that's too early, but definitely in the should future. Now, right? I think he should I, now at this point. I think he definitely has Marcus. shown through two games. He's definitely shown the ability that he can handle it. Um, Garrett Wilson. The only thing is, Garrett Wilson is a lot different than Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown. Um, he's just a way better route runner than both of them. Like I don't even think it's. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a good route runner. Um, just because of the speed, but just as far as like being technical, route running, it's Garrett yeah. Wilson, you know. 100%. Um, so that just from a pure one-on-one perspective, it's much harder to guard a guy like that. So I don't know if they necessarily do that this week, but I can see the traits with Gonzalez and with these early performances, and you know, even just the confidence. Like I forget who said it; it might have even been Jarrell Peppers. He was saying like against Philly, he's playing amazing all day. He locks up Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. And I, he was like, I think I only heard him say three words the whole game. Like, sideline, in the game, anything. Like, just silent assassin. Just, like, going out there, grinding, and just, like, playing his butt off. So, I do see, you know, a lot of things in him that he could be really a big standout piece for our defense for years to come. Something we can really build around there. Yeah. Last thing I'll touch on for that defensive back, just because I just – you know, I just had a vision for, like, what their defense is going to look like on Sunday just because you asked about, like, what do I expect from Marcus Jones, like, that injury. I can already tell you now that I could already see that uh, Gonzalez is going to be on one side. They're going to have John Jones on the outside, the other outside, and they're going to have Miles Bryan in the slot. And then you're going to text me when um, <laughs> the slot wide receiver for the Jets. And I couldn't even – it's Randall Cobb, right? Randall Cobb makes a catch, and you're going to be like, bro. Miles Bryant's getting torched by a 45-year-old Randall Cobb. What are we doing? So I already can't wait for that one on Sunday because that's probably exactly what they're going to do.
you still there, Danny? Hey, hold on. Yeah, coming. Sorry, I was getting a phone call. Um, yeah, we're good. I missed the end of that there, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine we're definitely going to have to see a little bit of, you know, Miles Bryant, Sean Wade on the field, guys like that. We signed a couple new guys um, today. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but they can be our new uh, Quandre Mosley. And who's the other <laughs> one that digs? Something digs. Uh, dude, who was it? Tay Diggs, right? Tay Diggs. Yeah, Tay Diggs. Quandre Mosley and Tay Diggs. They were playing at the end of the season last year. So they'll be our new guys there, probably coming in for a couple of plays. Um, who was the cornerback that we signed that um, ended up getting the call up versus uh, Buffalo in that playoff game? Who ended up getting the call against Buffalo? I think playoff that game. it was Tay Diggs. I think it was Tay Diggs. I'm not positive. No. It, was it Quandre Mosley? No. I don't know. No, it was. But I know what you're talking uh, about. It was just like ridiculous. Like, dude, what are Adam you doing? It was him I'm, and Sean Wade. Same kind of thing. I got to think of that guy's name because, dude, Adam, if Adam was on the pod right there, he would know. But hey, I'll think of it's it. It'll come up. It'll probably be... yeah, I'll, I'll think of it. All right. Well, while you, you to, think, uh... yeah, I'll, uh, I'll transition us over here. Week two, as far as our picks went. Kev, you had a decent week, 7 of 15, about 50%. I had a pretty bad week after I did well week one. I went 5 of 15. Um, so overall, you are right at an even 15%, 15 out of 30. I'm 14 out of 30. So hopping into our first game here, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars at home against the Houston Texans. Jaguars are the 7.5-point favorites. Who you got? I just got to tell you, Dan, when I was doing the sheet – and, like, I do this for my other pool, and I might have to throw this away because I thought this was a really hard sheet, really hard week. Um, but I'm for now I got Jacksonville at home, seven and a half. Um, the game versus the Chiefs, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you, I made a bet on Sunday that each game would have over 40 points, and the only one that didn't was the one that you thought was going to hit over 50. So I'm pissed at that Chiefs Which Jaguars one? Game. Oh yeah, Seven, Chiefs, Jags, Chiefs yeah. Jaguars are seventeen and nine. The one that was easy. Well, my my over, over my over lock hit Seahawks Lions. You should have bet yeah, on that with me. Yeah, that one smacked. I was so pissed. But you know, I got Jacksonville. I do like what I see from C.J. Stroud, um, but I still don't like what I saw on their defense. And a lot of what we saw from Stroud, which was really good, um, was in garbage time. Um, so I think that Jacksonville's offense really got to get a boost this week. They got to get the ball rolling. So give me Jacksonville seven and a half. Yeah. Not really sure what happened with the Jags last week. Kind of weird to just see both offenses come out deflated like that, but you would expect them to bounce back here, especially against a way worse team, the Texans back at home again. Um, I would say I would probably go with the Jaguars here as well. Next game, uh, we get the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the New Orleans Saints. Packers are the one-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So, I have Green Bay in this game. Um, New Orleans just had a questionable game on Monday, would you say? I don't really know. I didn't. I was more in tune to the Browns and Steelers game, but New Orleans only did win by three, and I just don't think Pitt or Carolina is really it. Uh, Green Bay, I actually – I'm very surprised to see how well Jordan loves playing. We touched on it, how well he played week one. That Green Bay-Atlanta game was probably, could say, the game of the week. Um, it was a really good game. I 
Green Bay was a, without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. Expect that both those guys, I believe, to be back this week. They're at home. Close game. Give me Green Bay with one and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers here as well. Um, Saints, you know, they have that 2-0 record, but they've played against two teams that I'm personally not super high on and got kind of, at the end of it, ugly wins. Like, I know – they were pretty much in control of that game against Carolina the whole time. But, you know, they weren't the most impressive of wins to me, um, whereas the Packers, you know, got a really impressive win against the Bears just by blowing them out and Jordan Love playing so well in the first game of the season uh, and then did lose a close game to the Falcons. But I do think the Falcons are a really good team. I've you know talked about them being underrated all offseason, things like that. So I think the Packers are still a pretty strong team. Back at home, I think this is where the Saints suffer their first loss of this new uh, Derek Carr era. So next game here, we get the Minnesota Vikings at home taking on L.A. Chargers. Vikings are the two-and-a-half-point favorites we got. Dude, this is, an, this is a game that I'm literally just looking at it. <laughs> I'm like, I do not know what to do, right? Both teams are 0-2. Um, people are saying right now that I think um, – I don't know if you saw this earlier today, but Gronk had said that he had heard that if Minnesota goes 0-3, they might – Minnesota might try to ship Kirk Cousins out. And obviously a likely landing spot is the New York Jets, right? And Minnesota would tank for Caleb Williams at that point. <clears throat> so this was a toughie, man. And the Chargers had a tough loss to Tennessee. Um, we did – I took Tennessee on the sheet last week thinking that the Chargers would win by three. I did not think they would lose to Tennessee outright. I think Ryan Tannehill's terrible. So, for that instance, I had to go Minnesota. Um, I think that Addison and J.J. are going to have a great day against the Chargers secondary. The Chargers do not have Austin Eckler playing this week. Uh, Madison needs a big game, so give me Minnesota at home. Yeah, um, I was super confident taking the Chargers last week against the Titans. Really didn't think the Titans were anything special. They played pretty bad week one. Um, You know, Chargers lost a shootout. And somehow, man, they just found a way to lose another game. So I'm with you. I'm not going to get burned by them again. I know that that secondary is really weak. So I agree, Jefferson and Addison probably going to eat. I'll go with the Vikings minus two and a half. Next game, we got the Buffalo Bills heading to Washington to take on the undefeated Commanders. Bills are the four-and-a-half-point road favorites. Who you got? I so badly wanted to circle Washington on this one. I love what I saw from Sam Howell. Um, Washington, I'm so glad that Denver did not get that two-point conversion. Like you said, Washington 2-0, they're really not a bad football team. Um, But – they played a close game against Denver and Buffalo looked back to form against the Raiders, even though, you know, the Raiders aren't that good of a football team. Um, I don't see this game being close for some reason. Maybe like seven, like maybe Washington maybe within a touchdown, but I just think four and a half isn't that many points. So I had to take Buffalo. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you here, man. I was kind of looking for a way that I could take the commanders you know, I know they didn't beat really great teams, Cardinals and Broncos, but they're 2-0 for the first time, I think since like RG3. You know, it's a big deal kind of like for their fans. And it would be cool to see them beat the Bills or give them kind of like a closer game here. But four and a half is just really not a big enough number to entice me to take them, um, especially after the Bills put that beat down on the Raiders this past week. So 
I'm going to take the Bills as well there, minus the four and a half. Next game, we got the Miami Dolphins at home taking on the Denver Broncos. Dolphins are the five and a half point favorites. Who you got? I am going Miami. Um, I just, again, man, I just, I'm not picking Russell Wilson. And he hasn't, you know, I'm 2-0 and against Russell Wilson, picking against him right now. I'm going to continue doing that. Um, I think Miami, they're at home. Tua's going to – I mean, Denver's defense led up 35 points against Sam Howell. So, I can only imagine what Mike McDaniel's Dolphins offense is going to do. I expect Tyreek Hill to have a bounce-back game. I know there's no Jalen Waddle, but I don't think that makes much of a difference in this case. Uh, so, I had to take Miami five and a half. Yeah, I took, uh, I took the Dolphins here as well. Not necessarily with you in terms of, you know, betting against Russell Wilson every game. I thought last week – was when he was finally going to, you know, look a little better and get the Broncos a win. They came close. They didn't get it done, blowing that lead ultimately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've been a disaster ever since Russell Wilson came to town. I don't know what it is, but it's just how it's, you know, how it's been going. Dolphins look really good. Um, they're a very deserving 2-0 team. They looked good against us. Um, you know, that's a tough team, and I think they're going to get that done at home pretty easily. Next game, uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens are the eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? Man, this was another one that it was pretty tough. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. I had to take Indy because I feel like somewhere along the lines that <clears throat> I had to start taking underdogs. And, you know, Baltimore's a really good football team, right? I, they're not going to have Odell on Sunday. And I know that's not a huge loss. Because Gus Edwards is, you know, they Gus Edwards is going to run the ball a lot, and Nelson Aguilar is replacing them. There's nothing to do with that. But without, I know Anthony Richardson's not playing either, but Gardner Minshew's not a bad guy to step into that spot. And Indy does not look like a bad football team. Um, this is a game that I couldn't take the points, and it's a tough one. And I, for some reason, Dan, I just had to take Indy with that eight and a half. Yeah, I uh, I went with the Ravens here. I, I do agree with you that even with Richardson being out, um, Gardner Minshew, definitely a good backup option. And, you know, for a team replacing a rookie quarterback, probably not going to be much of a drop-off from whatever you saw them do last week, uh, you know, against the Texans. But Baltimore, they got that big spread week one against the Texans. They looked not great, and they still – did they cover that spread? Who? Sorry. Baltimore, week one, nine and a half against the uh, Texans. They, I think did. they did. They yeah, did. So yeah. they looked bad and still covered. Now this is a little bit less. Colts without Richardson are probably about equal to the Texans. Um, so I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Dan, really quick, and I hate to be that guy, and you're probably going to hate me for doing this, but I did figure out that cornerback because it oh. was killing me. It was Devontae Bobsey or whatever. How do you pronounce his name? Bobsey. I don't think that's – Devonte Bosby. I feel like there's no Bosby, right? Bosby. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was Bosby. B a b a u s. Yeah, Devonte Bosby, man. Oh Dude, my me god. Dude, we're hyping that guy up before. Like, Dude, what business? <laughs> like, <clears throat> all right. I'm I'm sorry to Devonte Bosby if you're somehow out there listening, but you did not have any business. The Patriots putting you in that game. The Patriots did you so dirty. We did you so wrong to take you from the practice squad into a 
playoff game against one of the highest powered offenses in the league in Buffalo. Our defense was very old, very injured, wildly underprepared, and we put you in there at corner. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have happened. We're next this game. Next game, we've got the Cleveland Browns at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. Browns are the four-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I got to take Tennessee again. I think this is my third week in a row taking Tennessee with the points. Um, Cleveland, shaky game against Pittsburgh. Deshaun Watson is, is just not worth that $245 million or whatever they paid him that's fully guaranteed. You lose Nick Chubb for the year, even though I know Jerome Ford came in there, did a good job because that Browns offensive line is really good. Amari Cooper has that hamstring injury. And Tennessee is just a team that grinds, man. Cleveland might win by three, but I got to take Tennessee with those points. So, got to take the Titans. Yeah, I'm going with the Titans here as well. Um, Browns losing Chubb. You know, what you said, Jerome Ford, he looked good on Monday. They signed Kareem Hunt. Those guys just aren't Nick Chubb. He's one of the best. Shout out Pierre Strong. Um, Yep, shout out Pierre Strong. Short touchdown on Monday. Um, But, yeah, those guys just, they're not him. And, uh, you know, the Browns struggled without him against the Steelers. We obviously saw that. Deshaun Watson looks better than last year, um, but definitely doesn't look like that Texans Deshaun Watson quite yet. Um, So I'm going to go with the Titans here. I took the Saints. I took the Chargers and the Vikings burned me both times. So um, Titans burned me both times. So I'm going to go with them here, taking the points. Need some underdogs anyways. Next game, uh, we've got the Detroit Lions at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Lions are the four-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I think this is the game of the week, in my opinion, man. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I am taking the Atlanta Falcons uh, with the points. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It was so funny because I was doing the she right, and I'm like, I feel like, two, was it two years ago when we first started doing the she, dude? It was like, you pick Atlanta, you're destined to lose. And yeah. now I feel like I'm very confident taking Atlanta. Bijan Robinson, unreal. Ritter looks solid. I like the Atlanta offense, and I, their defense is pretty good. They had a really good game against Green Bay, and I think they probably would have won even if you know Watson and or Christian or Christian Watson was in there. Um, I think that's going to be a good game. Detroit is coming off that tough loss against Seattle in overtime. Uh, maybe Detroit wins this one by three, and this is a game that hits overtime as well. Um, but I like Atlanta with the points. Um, yeah, I mean, points were definitely interesting there. Um, I thought about it, but really, it is weird to say that, uh, you know, Detroit, after winning that week one game against the Chiefs, they're now in a position where they could drop to one and two, losing to two teams that, you know, you would think are significantly, significantly worse than the Chiefs. So, kind of interesting that they're even in this spot in the first place now, but. I am going with the Lions. Um, I don't think Ooh. that week one game was a fluke or just oh, because of injury. Not. I think absolutely that – yeah, I'm not like inferring that you're saying that, but just I right, think right. that right now we're not looking at like kind of like a scrappy Lions team like we saw last year. I think we're actually looking at like a good Lions team, um, whereas the Falcons I would categorize more as that like scrappy team this year who might end up winning their division because it's so weak. But – I am going with the Lions in this instance. Uh, next 
next game, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at home taking on the Carolina Panthers. Seahawks are the three-point, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Bryce Young apparently not playing in this game. It's going to be Andy Dalton for the Panthers. Kev, who you got? Um, I would have taken Seattle either way. Um, Seattle came back to life, man. And after week one, when, you know, people just automatically just read me a new one, people said Seattle was never a good team. They're not a good team. Uh, Geno Smith showed that, you know, he's back to that old form from last year. It only took one week to do it. Impressive win against Detroit. Um, I like what I saw from that offense. Carolina's defense, they lost Brian Burns, right? And they didn't they have another injury that they lost on Monday. Was it Brian, just Brian Burns? I know they had an impactful injury that they're out for the season. Um, so I know J.C. Horn got hurt. I don't know that he's like out for the season or anything. Okay. I, knew, I thought maybe it is Brian Burns, but I know they had another significant loss. Either way, um, Seattle should have – should. I think easily win this game. I expect a big game from Kenneth Walker here as Carolina's front seven is banged up. Um, They had Tony Jones Jr., which I've never even really heard of, run for two touchdowns, and they were fine without Jamal Williams. So give me Seattle three and a half. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Seattle three and a half here as well. You know, really the same thing you said probably was going to go with them. Regardless of the quarterback, then you see that's not their starter. You get a little more confidence there. Um, that was a huge win for the Seahawks after a really disappointing week one game against the Rams. Um, going into that hostile environment when the Lions had just won their, you know, season opener Super Bowl was definitely a tough task. And they walked out of there with the blue masks on in the locker room and celebrating. It was great. I mean, that game really can be a big, big momentum builder for a team to, you know, be able to walk into a hostile environment like that and pull off a win. That's so dramatic. So I love the Seahawks in this game. I um, do. I'm um, just really quick, Dan. Sorry. Um, it was Shaq Thompson and Shaq Thomas. Oh, Shaq Thompson is. Oh yeah. He's out for the season. year. Yeah. Yep. That's who I was referring to. That was the week two injury that they had had. So I apologize. And that is big blow to that Carolina defense. Yeah. Um, Definitely is a blow to that Carolina defense as well. Um, next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys heading to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cowboys are the nine and a half point road favorites. Who you got? So I am taking Dallas. Um, Arizona's scrappy football team, man. They almost beat the Giants. Um, they honestly, honestly had a good game against Washington as well. So it's like hard. It, it's still not hard for me to take. Dallas with a nine and a half. You know, Arizona's a team with a lot of fight. And honestly, if Kyler Murray plays for this team this season, they're probably going to compete in more games. They might actually win a couple of games. Um, but I got to take Dallas. Their defense is going to be all over Josh Dobbs. I feel like it's just going to be – it's going to be Michael, Michael Parsons just showing more why he's going to win defensive player of the year. I don't think the loss of Trayvon Diggs this week really hurts them. Can't really much say much more than that. Give me Dallas nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to think about here. You mentioned it there, the loss of Trayvon Diggs. Definitely going to hurt, but Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the league. Kind of crazy that they gave the Giants a game last week, but Dallas has been blowing everybody out, and it's been against better teams than them, so going with the Cowboys here. Next game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at home taking on the Chicago Bears. Chiefs are the 11.5-point favorites. Kev, who you got? So... 
I had Chicago circled on my paper, and then I just looked at it, and I'm going to cross that out. I'm going to put Kansas City. Um, the only reason why I was leaving Chicago was because I feel like 11 and a half is a lot of points, but Justin Fields looked absolutely terrible. But I don't know, like Justin Fields might have a day that he just runs all over the Chiefs defense. I don't think the Chiefs defense is that good, and that offense is struggling. But you know what, Dan? I changed my mind. I'm going to keep Chicago. Maybe this will be like a 10-point game. And, you know, the Justin Fields stuff that's been coming out today and yesterday about the offensive coordinator – Chiefs defense only really has Chris Jones. Their offense just doesn't seem to have it together. So, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Give me Chicago 11 and a half. I'm going to regret that one, though. I'm actually going with the Bears as well. Okay. And, I feel a little bit um, better then. All right. I feel a little better. I just, I, you know, I needed underdogs. It's a huge spread. And more so for me, just I don't really know why my mind works this way, but I look at it and I see Dallas 9 and a half next to Kansas City minus 11 and a half. Those are two games where, you know, Vegas is basically asking you to predict if it's going to be a blowout or not. I think Dallas will be. I think Kansas City won't be. Um, I think the Bears will just find a way to keep that closer. I mean, you're right. They've looked like an absolute disaster to this point in the season. You just had the stuff where, you know, the defensive coordinator had to resign because the house got raided by the FBI. Like, things are going, like, circus-level bad in Chicago right now. So, Definitely not a great time to bet on them, but that's why they're 11.5-point underdogs, so I'm going with the Bears. Uh, next game, Sunday night football, I believe. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Pittsburgh are the 1.5-point road favorites. Who you got? I actually like this Sunday night football matchup, too. I think this is a pretty solid matchup versus two even teams. Um, I am going with Pittsburgh um, in this game. It was a tough – this is another game that was – tough to pick um you know vegas had a tough game against buffalo um they could really get nothing together pittsburgh is coming off a w um as long as matt canada can call a couple different plays because you know you know he heard those chants on monday night when the whole stadium saying fuck matt canada so he's gonna do something kenny pickett is actually i think he's four and one or three and one in primetime games even though i only know that he's a rookie but still um, I expect Pittsburgh to come out. This is going to be a close game. I think Pittsburgh gets a W in the final couple minutes of the game. So give me Pittsburgh. I'm going to actually go with the Steelers here as well. Um, the Raiders, they have all the names. You know, again, they're another team kind of like the Chargers where on paper they should maybe beat a lot of the teams they're playing. But Pittsburgh's the opposite. Even when they don't have the names, you know, Mike Tomlin just finds a way to get it done. Even uh, this past week, going to that game against the Browns, when it was being, you know, uh, marked, you know, the line was so close between those teams, the spread. Um, you know, I was a little surprised, and they went in there and they got the win. I know Nick Chubb got hurt, but they were already in that game and competitive before any of that happened. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here as well. Um, I think that they'll just be able to get that one done late. Ultimately, they don't make as many mistakes as the Raiders. Can I just say um, one thing? Sorry, they cut yep. you off, but uh, yeah, go for it. Josh Jacobs, did he have two rushing yards last week? Yeah, I just I think it was like six or like something like that. No, I, I, I throw, don't know what's I up with him. Their offensive line is just terrible. I think <laughs> their offensive two. line is real. Yeah, bad. I think that's a matchup right there, and that's like that's tough. But like I saw 
two yards. It's like, bro, you picked Josh Jacobs in fantasy in like the top yeah, 20. Now they got to go against TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good that's game, good but tough. that's yeah, I'm pretty sure he had yeah. You know, sorry, dude. All right, I just looked it up. You had nine carries, negative two yards. Jeez. Yeah. So I um, mean, expected Josh. Pretty to pretty confident back. in that Steelers pick. That's <laughs> brutal. Right about now. Um, next, though, uh, we've got once again a Monday Night Football doubleheader. Did not realize they were doing this. I uh, did not either. Two and three, we just get two Monday night games for some reason. Uh, first up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Eagles are the six and a half point favorites. Who you got? Give me Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, dude. I I like what I'm wow. seeing. I know that I understand that it was the Bears, and I understand that it was Minnesota, but they're not playing turnover. Their Baker's not turning that ball over. And you still, like I told you before the season started, when we did week one picks, you still got Mike Evans. You still have Chris Godwin. Rashad White is solid. They still have a solid defense. I honestly, man, like, I like the Bucs. Maybe I'm buying into the hype, but, like, fuck it, dude. Give me the Bucs six and a half. Wow. Um, I'm not quite as convinced as you are. I'm going with Philly. Um, I just think they're one of the better teams in the league. Bucks are kind of one of those happy stories at the beginning yeah. of the year when you get a bad team that wins a couple games, um, you know, somewhat circumstantially, as you said, it was the Vikings and uh, it was the Bears. So I am going with Philly here. The six and a half doesn't scare me. Um, I think they'll win this pretty easily and the Bucks will kind of fall back to earth. I had to um, buy into one of them and this is the one that I got to buy into because yeah, I told sense, you, told you before. And Mike Evans had 172 yards last week, so – you know, it's kind of weird that before you never thought Mike Evans would be uh, playing as well as he is with Baker Mayfield for the first two yeah, weeks of the season. For sure. Uh, next game, the last Monday night game, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at home taking on the LA Rams. Super Bowl rematch. The Bengals are seven and a half point favorites. Kev, who you got? <laughs> when I saw the seven and a half, I didn't know that if the, the lady who made the sheet or the Vegas odds maker were drunk in this. I don't understand how Cincinnati's seven and a half point favorites when you're owing to the Rams, you know, they looked pretty they hung in there with San Francisco. I mean, yeah, with San Francisco. They got a week one W. Matthew Stafford has, you know, his what's his name? I don't even know how to what's his how do you pronounce his name? Uh Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, dude. Unreal. Like you can fifteen targets a game, he's like proving everyone, he like looks like he's the next Cooper Cup. Kutu Atwell is playing well. Um, Kyron Williams basically just you know shipped off Cam Akers to Minnesota. He looks solid, and you still got Aaron Donald on that other side. Cincinnati's offense looks horrendous. Um, I just don't understand how this spread was seven and a half. So I had to take the Rams. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was also pretty confused how uh, the Bengals were getting so many points here. Like. I understand maybe if this was week one, how high everybody was on the Bengals. Um, but now after losing the first two games of the year and the Rams coming out, blowing out Seattle and then looking very good against the 49ers with two you know, young guys kind of stepping up out of nowhere, Puka Nakua. And I got to also shout out my Notre Dame boy, Kyron Williams, in the backfield. He just got Cam Akers traded to Minnesota. So I like what the Rams are doing this season. It's really surprised me. I didn't see anything on that roster that would have told me 
they'd be any improved from last year, but you know, they've proved me wrong so far and I'm going to stick with them to do that some more. So I'll take the Rams uh, plus seven and a half. And we aren't even sure if um, Joe Burrow is going to play. So I I mean, I'd imagine he's going to, but yeah, technically he's day to day. Um, And I, I'm not sure if he practiced that. He was limited. I'd have been, Limited, yeah. yeah um, they, they just but regardless, we'll that, that calf definitely still bugging him. Definitely not 100%. You can see it in his play. Um, for the final game, though, it is a 1 o'clock game, but it's the one that we've got circled. Patriots going to New York to take on the Jets. Pats are the one-and-a-half-point road favorites, toting their 0-2 record. Who you got? So, I have – I circle New England, man. I'm always going to circle New England unless that's a game that I'm like – not so confident, in, you know, and I have to be real with myself. Um, this is going to be a game that you have to smack the under. Apparently, we're getting like a cyclone that is coming. We're going to get three to five inches of rain in New Jersey. Um, so this is a game that you need your offensive line. It's going to be a pound-for-pound pound game, which I texted you earlier. I wasn't that confident about it. And, you know, when you go up against it, basically, man, look at it like this, right? Stevenson and Zeke versus Cook and – Brees Hall. That's exactly what we got. That's exactly what I think we're going to end up getting. Um, I'm going to take New England, um, and I'm going to be probably shooting my pants during the entire game. Um, yeah, I went with New England here, too. You're talking about the storm and everything there. I get immediate flashbacks to you know the Marcus Jones game last year that we won 10-3 when the wind was going nuts and nobody could throw the ball and it was just terrible all around. I could definitely see us getting our first win of the season like that. Like that, in my opinion, would just be so fitting for this team to play two of the better teams in the league, lose to them by like inches on final plays, and then get to play a relatively easy team or what should be just because it was a quarterback and, you know, stink it up. So I could see that happening. But, you know, realistically, when you look at this matchup, I think it's all about us against that Jets defense because our defense is going to have, I, I mean, I don't see them having any problems with Zach Wilson. I'd be very surprised if he can, you know, rushing, throwing, if he can account for two touchdowns, I'd be shocked. I'd be really surprised. So um, I think our defense is going to be fine, but you know, they have a great secondary to go up against our receivers. Ahmad Gardner can take out of the game, anybody who he wants from our offense. If you put him on, Parker, Bourne, whoever, he can probably just keep them quiet for the day. So definitely something to watch out for there. And then, I mean, that defensive line and that front seven, they're good. And our offensive line is banged up. You mentioned that they're better than not the Eagles, but they're better than the Dolphins. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be what I'm watching, really. I What worries me is Brees Hall because I don't think that we face Brees Hall yet. Um, no, and he only got four carries last week. He's pissed off. I don't understand why he only got four carries. If he looks we- so good that if, first game, and if the weather holds true and it's like three to five inches of rain and like all that crappy weather, I can see Brees Hall getting like 30 carries, dude. And like what we did to Buffalo and that bad game, like him and Cook just going off, and like our run defense looked really bad against Raheem Mostert. So I don't think that the Jets are going to put the ball on Zach Wilson's hand to win this game. So our front seven is going to have to play unreal. They're going to need Barmore to get healthy. Um, 
And I wish it wasn't the weather was going to be bad because I would have been way more confident. If you're giving me like a 70 degree day with the sun out, no pre- uh, precipitation. I'd be way more confident. But that weather, man, and like what the Jets can do, it worries me. But then again, it's like these offensive lines, like the Jets offensive line sucks. I know their pass blocking offensive line sucks. Um, we have those teams of the worst graded pass blocking. So I don't know how much the Jets are going to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hand. So if we can stop the run and you make Zach throw the ball, then I think we win this game. But we got to be able to stop Brees and Dalvin because we struggled doing it against uh, Raheem Mostert. No, I agree. Dalvin Cook does worry me a little bit um, because he's such an explosive player. And as I mentioned, you know, I talked about Zach Wilson accounting for touchdowns because I can see the Jets scoring in other ways. I just can't see them generating much from him. So when you have a guy in the backfield that can get a handoff or take a screen and bust it for, you know, 40 yards or a touchdown, whatever, that's huge. So I agree. That's definitely a good point. Brees Hall would be what I'm most worried about. We talked a little bit about that Garrett Wilson uh, matchup. One thing I'd be a little interested in, can the Pats try and get Ramondre Stevenson going some more? Um, you would hope that you can have both of your starting guards playing the whole game this week. Michael Nwenu had to kind of come out at the end. He's still working back to 100%. Um, and as you mentioned, Cole Strange, not his strongest performance at all. So if you can have those two guys finally in there firing up the middle with Andrews, um, you know, can he get some more rushing yards going? Because he's had some solid games. He's been getting touches, but you know, he was an automatic hundred yard guy at the end of last year. And so far in the season, I think he's sitting at like 75 yards. Yeah. And you need Trent Brown back, which it looks like Trent Brown's going to play. So mm-hmm. I think that's more important too, is to have big 77 back there, um, which will get Ramondre going. And I, I want to see Zeke get going a little bit too, because I, I think Zeke still has some game left. And I don't think Zeke is washed up. And I know people are pissed off. And they're like, why would you get Zeke? You could have got a wide receiver one, Zeke slow. But it's like, bro, like, we don't have, like, we haven't had the opportunity. Stevenson has, hasn't even gotten the pop off yet. So how could you expect Zeke to do the same thing? So I think it's going to be a duel between Stevenson and Zeke versus Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Whoever has the better day wins the game, honestly. And it raises the bigger question, too. And it's kind of more of like Zeke versus Cook, right? Because that's kind of. Patriots were a little bit in on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook only wanted to go to the Jets. Jets wanted Zeke if they couldn't get Dalvin Cook. So, you know, it's a little bit like who got the right guy, honestly, is kind of what you can say for this game, in my opinion. It might be a little bit of a stretch there, but that's kind of how I'm looking at this game. I expect it to be like a a 6-3 to game, dude. Like, just complete, like, punt, punt, punt. And hopefully someone can, um, you know, break one off for a touchdown. Yeah. All right. Let's do. Uh, hmm. Let's do our predictions here. I really guess. quick before we do the predictions, um, I could be mistaken, but we touched on one bit of breaking news, but you didn't touch on the other one. Which one? That, Will Greer? Yeah, the Patriots have a quarterback. To yeah, I mean, roster. I, I kind of glossed over it. I didn't like intentionally skip it, I guess, but he just um, not a fan yeah, of they it. did. They did bring Will Greer. The Matt Corral thing uh, has still been kind of going in circles. I guess it was they cut him and then they had him in for a visit. So and the visit signed him and so... he said yes. And then the next day he said no. Very confusing, but I know he's kind of like going through his own stuff right now and yeah, you mentioned that Pat's opened up that roster spot with Jones. 
signed Will Greer, the former West Virginia quarterback, third round pick, Panthers, Cowboys backup. But uh, I, I think it's going to be the same thing. I just don't think he, uh, you know, unseeds Bailey Zappi, and I think he just gets cut in a few weeks. So here's my thing, right? So, so really quick, sorry, Matt Carell, he didn't really visit. He was just in the locker room. So they had a report him as visiting, so it wasn't like it was a visit, and it didn't look as that crazy as it seemed. Um, Doug Kye did report that one. And Will Greer, I mean, it's interesting because he looked pretty good that last preseason game against the Raiders when he, like, had his own show. He was 29 for 35, had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Um, he had over 300 yards with Dak calling the plays. Um, and – to me, man, this is something that it's like – I don't think it's like like a Matt Corral. Matt Corral I, I get it. They wanted Matt Corral to take over Zappi. But, like, doesn't this say more about Zappi than anything else? Like, they signed Gray to the active roster. They didn't have to. They could have signed him to the practice squad if they wanted to. They didn't have to sign both those cornerbacks. I get why you did. But it wasn't like you claimed Will Gray off waivers like you did with Matt Corral. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think it's like – they really. Just, I think it just goes. I think it goes back to what you're saying. They 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 don't like Zappy, and it's Zappy. clear. I think it goes back to what you're saying that he probably just doesn't work with Bill O'Brien's offense. He probably can't understand it, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're done with him. But like, they're just gonna keep bringing guys in until somebody replaces them. And I think it we'll might be. I think it might be Will Greer. So I just I know you're not a big Will Greer guy, but I did have to throw that in. It just it's more in Zappy, man. Like you, they really hate this guy. It's crazy all right well now i suppose we can get into our uh our predictions here i'll let you i'll let you start it off let me get max stat line and a score all right so if the weather if the weather holds true right i can see mac going like like 15 of 20 like 175 yards and no touchdowns and i gotta do two because if that weather's a fluke then i can see mac doing like a Probably like twenty five for thirty four with two nineteen and one touchdown. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to throw the ball that much on the Jets defense. I think that Jets defense is the second best. Actually, I think the Jets defense is the best in the league, right there with Philadelphia. It's going to be a tough matchup. Um, and then I have my score being. I'm going to stick with it right now, and I'm probably going to look so stupid when we do the podcast next week. But I'm going to stick with that six three. If that weather holds true, I just can't see these teams putting up a lot of points against each other. That over under is at 37 and a half, and I've watched the Pats win like 42 38. So for right now, give me 6 3 Pats. Oh, jeez. All right. I'll go with, uh, we'll say that Mac goes 19 of 29 for. 189 yards and no touchdowns, and the Patriots win 13-6. to six. All right, I like that. But I, it's going right. to be one of those games, man, so. I know. I'm, wor- I'm worried about it, but, you know, we will be back next week to break all of that down. Uh, we talked about it earlier on the show. Essentially, sounds weird, but week three, this is the Patriots' season on the line. Not really, but. They may fall to 0-4 should they lose this game. Then we can really hit the panic button and go nuts. But until then, uh, we will just have to catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week.